I am so glad that you are here. Um, and also, I just want to ask us a question. Do you know why you're here? I mean, I know you woke up this morning an hour earlier, right? Thumbs down. But you got up, you got ready, you came to church, and there's a purpose behind our gathering this morning. We gather here as brothers and sisters in Christ. We gather here as people who are seeking the Lord in our life. We gather here as the church to sit at the foot of the cross and hear the words of Jesus. We gather here this morning not only to sit at the foot of the cross and hear the words of Jesus, but to also gather at the entrance of an empty tomb to celebrate the power of the resurrection and new life that we have in Christ because he died for the forgiveness of our sins. But look, as we gather together, we don't do so passively, right? We don't come here just to sit and listen. We come here to sing. We come here to hear God's word. But we come here for a purpose this morning, and it is to respond. It's to respond to the word of God. It's to respond to how the Spirit is working in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. It's to respond to how the Lord is shaping our very souls this morning as we gather together. So at the word of God, when we listen to the words of Jesus himself, let our response be one word, yes. That's why we're here this morning. We're here to hear the word of God, but to say yes to Jesus. So let's open our Bibles this morning to Mark. We're going to look at Mark chapter 15, and let's hear the words of Jesus himself as he is hanging on the cross calling out to his father and let's see what he's also calling out to us how do we hear the words of jesus this morning in mark chapter 15 we're going to be looking at mark 15 verses 33 through 36 and also psalm 22 so you can kind of put your bookmark there or keep your thumb there or whatever you want to this morning mark 15 now while you're turning to mark 15 by the way uh if you've got if you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one provided for you right there under that seat in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, just take that one with you. That's a gift from us to you. We want you to be able to read God's Word every day of your life and have that available to you. Um, and also, let me just say, if this is your first or second time here, man, thank you so much for coming. My name is Corey. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I would like to point you and everybody else uh, toward our Digital Connect card. And ask everybody to fill that out. There's a QR code at the bottom of that listening guide that you can use to access that. Just click on that, uh, that digital connect card. Fill that out. And if this is your first or second time filling that out, what we're going to do is we're going to make a $10 donation in your honor to a ministry partner here in Hopkinsville or in Christian County. So you can make a difference in Christian County just by filling out that, uh, that digital connect card today. All right? So let's look at Mark. We're looking at Mark chapter 15 we're going to read verses 33 through 39 but before we jump into that at verse 33 let's just look at a little bit of the context let's look at a little bit of what's going on here in the life of jesus because what we see and what we uh, can look back in the book of mark and see very quickly is that jesus has come to the end of his earthly ministry he's come to the end of his earthly his 33 year life and we see that um he has done the last supper with his disciples he has gone to the garden of gethsemane where he's prayed and he sweat drops of blood he has uh been betrayed with a kiss 
by Judas, one of his disciples. He's been t- arrested by uh, this Ro- these Roman soldiers. He's taken before the council, before the high priest Caiaphas. He's then taken to Pilate, and then he is taken by the Roman soldiers. He's mopped. He's beaten. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They put a robe on his back. And they force him to carry a cross through the streets of Jerusalem where he stumbles and he falls under the weight of that cross. And Simon of Cyrene is called to come and pick it up and carry it. And then he's taken to Golgotha, to Calvary, where his hands and his feet are pierced with nails. He's hung on the cross and he's hanging there. And we read in verse 33, Mark chapter 15, verse 33 and following. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, laba sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said. Let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the Son of God. Now look, in this short passage, just these few paragraphs that we have here about Jesus calling out and then dying on the cross, let's be honest, there's way more than we can cover today. There's a lot that is here. There are many, many levels to kind of look at about what is going on here. But what I want us to do today is I want us to focus on and listen to the voice of Jesus. Listen to those words that he called out, that he called out to his Father, but that he also wants us to hear. Because I believe that Jesus is also speaking truth into our lives so let's look at that call let's see the first thing there's four things i want us to see about jesus call as he calls out beginning in verse 33 at noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock the first thing that we see here is that jesus calls out in darkness i mean remember he's hanging on the cross and when does it get dark when does it just when do we just read that it gets dark it gets dark at noon now, what's special about this? What's, what do we need to understand? What's supposed to be happening at noon every single day? This is when the sun is at its highest point. This is when uh, there is the most light. And you see that at noon, darkness fell across the whole land. And how long was it dark? For three hours. From noon until three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, remember... We're not gathering at the foot of the cross today as brothers and sisters in Jesus to be passive and to just walk by this. 
We're gathering at the foot of the cross to be close to Jesus and understand the experience that he's having. And can you imagine being there at the foot of the cross and it's noon and it gets dark? What would you have been thinking? What would you have been asking? You see, because something big is happening here, and I think people understood that. I think people may have seen that. But anytime you see something happening like this, it's God trying to show us something. In other words, this is not just a random darkness. This is a supernatural darkness that is happening that God is bringing about. He's acting outside of the laws of nature itself to communicate something, a truth about himself. So immediately, everybody is asking the question, why is it dark? And there are all kinds of things that it would have called the people of God to remember that we see in his word. What are some of the pictures that we see in the Old Testament of darkness? Go back to Genesis chapter 1. What is the picture that we see of darkness? And there was darkness, and what did God say? Let there be what? Light. Absolutely. You remember Exodus? Pharaoh would not let the people of God go. And in Exodus, there are ten plagues that God sends uh, through his servant Moses uh, upon the people of Israel so that his people will be redeemed, so that his people will be set free. And do you remember the ninth plague? Plague one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine was the plague of what? Darkness. And here's how Exodus describes it. It was a darkness that was so dark it could be felt. Yet the people of God had light where they were. And then do you remember the tenth plague? Ninth plague was darkness. And the tenth plague was the death of the firstborn sons. Do you think God's saying something? How about Amos talking about and at noon, darkness will fall across the land. This is messianic prophecy. How about Isaiah talking about those who live in darkness have seen a great light? Do you think God is trying to draw us in and say, listen? But here's what I want us to, to hear this morning. Can you hear Jesus' voice? Can you hear his voice speaking into your darkness. When we talk about a darkness that can be felt, when we talk about a darkness that just comes all over us every once in a while, that we feel, that we sense, that doesn't make sense to us, can you identify with that? And can you hear him, Jesus, calling into that darkness? Remember the words of Jesus himself in John chapter 8, verse 12, when he says this, I am the what? The light of the world. I am the light of the world. If there is one thing I believe that our world can identify with today, it is a darkness that can be felt. It is a darkness where we can't see. But it's also for the purpose of drawing us to God and hearing Jesus speak into it and say, I am the light of the world. Do you struggle with that? 
Remind yourself of the words of Jesus. I am the light. I am the light. I am the light. Because the truth of the matter is this. Jesus went before you through that darkness so that he can be beside you in your darkness. Jesus went before you so that he could be beside you. And when there's a darkness that comes over us, that we can feel, the thing is, is we can't see, we don't know what step to take, we don't know who's around us, and we can be sure that Jesus went through it. A much darker darkness than any of us have ever experienced so that he can be beside us in ours. But Jesus doesn't just call out in darkness. There's something else that we see here looking back at Mark chapter 33 and, for, and ch Mark chapter 15 verses 33 and 34. At noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? There's a lot going on here. But the thing that is very obvious is this. Jesus is not only calling out in darkness, but Jesus is calling out in pain. He's calling out in pain. I think this is the apex of the pain that Jesus is experiencing. What he has been through at the hands of violent men is partnered with the weight of that he is bearing. And what weight is that? It's the weight of our sin. It's the weight of your sin. It's the weight of my sin. It is the weight of the sin of the world. We can't even begin to imagine the pain that Jesus was experiencing. The physical, spiritual, emotional, social, any kind of pain that could be experienced, Jesus was experiencing it there. And it was a pain that was so heavy, so intense, that he calls out to his Father. But he's also calling out to you. Can you hear his voice calling into your pain? No, we can't. We don't experience pain that it that can compare to the pain that Jesus was in. But we feel pain, don't we? We experience pain, whether it's any of those things that I just mentioned. And that's hard. And if there's one thing that I can see that pain does, I mean, if, if we experience pain that's quick, we can respond and we can be resilient. But what about pain that just goes on and on and on and on? I think what it tends to do is it tends to isolate us. It tends to erode our hope. It tends to build our fear. And it tends to just eventually numb us in every other area of our life other than that point of pain. But do you hear Jesus' voice speaking into your pain? Because here's what he says to us. What he says to us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 is this. I am with you always. I am with you always. 
You know, it's not always the case where Jesus will snap his fingers and make your pain go away. But I guarantee you he's felt it, and I guarantee you he is walking with you in it. And isn't it good to know you're not alone? I am with you always. Look, Jesus endured the pain of the cross so that he can sit with you in your pain. He endured the pain of the cross so that he could sit with you in your pain. He is present. He is with you. He is helping bear that burden. But there's something else that we see because so far, this is really heavy, isn't it? And how else can we how else can we address these words? How else can we address what's going on here? I mean, this is, this is the point in Jesus' life where he is at his lowest. This is the point where he is bearing more weight of pain, more weight of darkness than he ever has in his entire life. But yet there's something else that we need to see about Jesus calling out. Yes, he calls out in darkness. Yes, he calls out in pain. But let's keep reading because Jesus also calls out in faith. Do you hear those words that he's saying here? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Look at your Bibles. Do you have a red letter version of the Bible? That's how you know. These are the words of Jesus. But look at the end of this sentence. Do you have a cross-reference Bible? Because there should be the word me and then a question mark and then following that there may be a little star there that points you down to a footnote that says this. What is it? Psalm 22. Jesus is literally quoting the first line of Psalm 22. So let's just go where Jesus is pointing us. Let's look at Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. When you look at the original language, you can read it like this as well. In the day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. And in the darkness I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Here's what you're going to see when you read through Psalm 22. is that Jesus is fulfilling every single word of this messianic psalm as he is dying on the cross. We could spend a long time walking through this psalm, looking at, I would just, it's obvious, I mean, just read through it. It talks about people gambling for his clothes at his feet. I mean, it just describes the crucifixion. But the first thing that I want us to see here is that in that cry that we see Jesus calling out, that in Psalm 22, he's not only crying out in darkness and pain, but he's crying out in faith. Listen to Psalm 22, uh, verses 3 through 5, and where he says this, Yet you are holy. Who is it that Jesus is talking to? His heavenly Father. And let's not forget, Jesus is God as well. Let's not separate them too much. But he's calling out, to the Father, and he said, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. Jesus is calling out in faith because he knows that he will be delivered from this pain. But he's also telling us that we can be saved. 
he's also telling us that we can be redeemed through faith in him. So let me ask you, can you hear his voice calling you to take the next step of faith? Are you a believer? What's he calling you to do to take the next step of faith? Maybe you're here today and you've just been wrestling with that decision of should I be a, become a Christian? Should I follow Jesus? Should I commit my life to him? You remember Jesus walking along the shores of Galilee, the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and he comes upon some fishermen and he says to them three words. What are the three words that he says to them? Come, follow me. I believe it's a call that we all have on our lives. And he's calling us to be his disciples. He's calling us to be his followers. And how are we, how are we, how should we respond to that call on our life? Yes. Yes, Lord. And then every step after that should be about following Jesus in faith. Look, when Jesus said, come follow me to his disciples, he didn't mean just like, you know, say you're going to follow me right now and then go back to your job, go back to your fishing. He actually literally meant, come follow me. And he fo they followed him throughout the rest of his ministry up until this point and even beyond. You know, one of my favorite things to do in uh, growing up when I was a kid, grew up in Florida, we would go to the beach from time to time. We did not go to the beach every day. I I'm sorry to disappoint you, but Floridians just may not do that every single day. But I loved going to the beach with our family. But one of the things that I always had fun doing was when we took beach walks and my dad would walk ahead of us. Do you know what I like to do? I like to try to literally step in his footprints as they, as they uh, were made in the sand. I had to do it kind of quick because the waves were going to wash up because that's where we walked, you know. Man, I think crazy people walk in that soft sand. There's something wrong. You walk where the water is, right? And I loved, you know, just kind of seeing where my dad's footprints were. And I, you know, I would literally try to put my feet in the same footprints that my dad had just stepped in. And I would walk like this, and my feet were not as big as his, and my stride was not as long as his, but I would do whatever it took to step in the same place that he had. I would jump. Sometimes I would miss, but I would follow. And that's the very picture that we have of following Jesus, is to go the places that he goes, step into the same places where he stepped, to not go another way, to not take another path, to not follow anybody else other than him. And we do so in faith. He is our Lord, he is our shepherd, and he is leading us even when we can't see where we're going we can see where he is going. So we know that when Jesus called out, he called out in faith. He tells us, come follow me, and we know that Jesus goes before you so that you can follow in faith. He went before you, endured the pain and the suffering of the cross so that you can have faith and be perfected in your faith. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. So how is your following going these days? whether it's God calling you to take that first step of faith or whether it's that daily following of Jesus and remaining in his presence. When is it easy for you to follow? For some of us, 
it's easier to follow when we're struggling. Because that brings to the, to the surface our need for Christ, right? For some of us, when things are going great, that's when we get a little passive. That's when we kind of drift a little, right? And isn't it crazy how sometimes the very blessing of God itself, we can kind of become passive in that and not follow? But wherever we are, how are you following every day? How's your faith? Yes, if you've given your life to Jesus, He hasn't left you. You are in His hand. But are you following Him every single day? That's the life that He's called us to. And there's a fourth thing that we need to hear. Psalm 22. We're going to look at verses 23 through 31 because not only did Jesus call out in darkness, not only did Jesus call out in pain, not only did Jesus call out in faith, but the last thing that you need to hear is that Jesus calls out in victory. And it is the biggest victory that we can ever step into in our lives. It is the biggest victory that has ever been won in the history of the world itself because it is the very victory over sin and death itself. Listen to the words of Jesus. Listen to the words of Psalm 22 as Jesus is pointing us to faith in him, but also pointing us to the victory that we have in him. Listen to Psalm 22, beginning in verse 33. Will you read this with me? Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but he has listened to their cries for help. Have you called out to God? Are you crying out to God? Are you praying and asking for something for God to work in your life, for God to work in the lives of others? Do you know that God hears your cry and he has not turned his back on you? He has not given up on you for he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them but has listened to their cries for help. And so what's our response? Verse 25, I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All of the families of the nations will bow down before him for royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations let the rich of the earth feast and worship bow before him all who are mortal all whose lives will end as dust our children will also serve him future generations will hear about the wonders of the lord what are we doing right here right now his righteous acts will be told to those not yet born and they will hear about everything he has done. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a cry of victory. This is a cry that, yes, our world is broken. Yes, we are dead in sin, but 
God hears our cries and he sent his son to die on the cross to be laid in a grave and then to be resurrected by the power of God himself so that we can be forgiven so that we can have life so that we can step into the victory of Jesus himself listen can you hear his voice calling you to live in victory right now John 10 10 I have come that they may have what life And life in Christ is a life where you're forgiven of sin, you're free, and you can live fully alive in Him. Look, Jesus won the victory over sin and death so that you can be alive and free in Him. All right, why are we here this morning? We're here to to hear the Word of God but we're also here to respond. So I've got some questions for you, and I want you to respond. If your answer is yes, all you have to do is say the word yes. But let's not say it like we've been baptized in pickle juice, okay? Let's say it like we're responding to the Lord. Let me ask you a few questions, and if your answer is yes, just say yes. Let your yes be yes. In this life, will you experience hurt? In this life, will you, ex- will you experience pain? In this life, will you have to wait for deliverance? Oh, that one was a little quieter. That may have surprised you guys, didn't it? You're like, wait a minute, that's not right now. You can't flip the switch. You just can't make my life better. Here, let's just go back and let's let's, let's, let's listen. Because you see Jesus, what is he having to do? He's having to endure. And what is he having to endure? He's having to endure suffering and pain and darkness. And he's waiting. He's waiting on deliverance. So let's start over again. I, I don't want it to surprise you, okay? So in this life, will you experience hurt? In this life, will you feel pain? In this life, will you have to wait for deliverance? But in Christ, do you have hope? In Christ, do you have freedom? In Christ, do you have victory? Then don't let anything hold you back. Don't let anything hold hold you back from saying yes to every word that Jesus speaks into your life. Don't let anything hold you back from saying yes to everything God shows you in his word. Let nothing keep you from stepping fully into the life that God has for you in Jesus Christ. That's why he died and that's why he rose again. Let's pray. God, we thank you for how good you are to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you that when you called us, our response can be yes, even though we're in pain, even though we're in darkness, even though we fear God, we know that you're with us. And God, I just want to pray for everybody that's in this room that we would respond to you in a way that helps us have a marker of faith today in our life, a milestone that we can look back on and say, this was the day that I said yes. And if you'll keep your eyes closed, let me ask you a few questions. If you're here today, and you from time to time experience that darkness that we talked about, it's a darkness that can be felt. It seems to wash over you from time to time. We want you to know that we're here for you today and you're among friends and I'd like to be able just to pray for you I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you but if, if 
if that's something that you would just say, I struggle with that, would you just raise your hand? Thank you for doing that. If you're here today, and you deal with pain in your life. It could be physical pain, it could be emotional pain, it, but it's something that it just hurts. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Mm. Thank you. You're here this morning, and you know God has been calling you to take a step of faith, to trust in Him, to trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you've never made that decision to follow Him. And you want to make that decision today to be forgiven of your sins and follow Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Would you raise your hand if you want to take that step today? I just want to pray with you. Celebrate that with you. Thank you for raising your hand. If you're here today, and when we talk about victory and freedom and having an abundant life in Christ and you would just say I know I have life in Christ but man I'm just not fully engaged I'm not all in I've been distracted, I've been struggling I've been, I'm fatigued and I'm tired I'm worn down and I want to take a step into full life in Christ today if that would be your heart, if that would be your prayer today would you just raise your hand I thank you today that you've brought us together for a purpose that you see our hearts and you see our minds you call us you call into our darkness you call into our pain you call us to faith and you call us to victory and we thank you that Jesus has gone ahead of us so that we can experience his forgiveness salvation presence and life God, as we continue to respond to you today, we don't want it to stop here. We want to respond in a way today that honors you and is obedient. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to ask us to do something. Let's all stand as the worship team leads us. This is a time of response. It's going to be an extended time of response this morning because we want you to do, to do just that. Step out. Listen. If you raised your hand this morning, I would encourage you to come and to let others pray with you. Let us encourage you. We are a family in Christ. You are here with friends. You are here with brothers and sisters. Our pastors and elders are going to be up front. You just want to come to the, come to the front and pray, do that. If you just want to walk up to one of our pastors or elders and just say one of those words. Pain. Darkness. Faith. Victory. That's how they're going to pray with you, okay? So don't be afraid. Don't let anything hold you back. Let your yes be yes. Let's step out. Let's step up. And let's celebrate in Christ today.